0: You'll get a twenty percent discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at bonecur.net That's
1: b-o-n-c-o-e-u-r dot net, and use the code boncourcitycast twenty.
0: of drag performance being criminalized across the country, Wildfang, you know, the really cool clothing store downtown, has partnered with the iconic Darcel 15 Showplace to break a Guinness World Record for longest drag artist stage show. And on top of that, the event is also raising $250,000 for LGBTQ youth. And it all kicks off this Monday. So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Kevin Cook, or as he's better known, Poison Waters. She's been working at the legendary Darcell 15 Showplace for over 30 years. And since its reigning queen and world record holder of oldest working drag queen passed away earlier this year at 92, she's also now become the official host of the longest running drag review on the West Coast. Poison is going to give us a little personal history of how she became a part of Darcel 15 Showplace Legacy, and also is going to help explain why drag performance is so deeply entrenched in Portland culture. It's Thursday, July 6th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Tell me about your first time doing drag in Portland. Like, I want to know the year. I want to know the song. (laughs) I want to know where.
1: <laughs> the first time I did Dragon Portland, it was 1988 at a club called the City Night Club in downtown Portland, on 14th and Morrison, who's, who's long since been abandoned and is now actually a church parking lot, and which is kind of funny. And I did the song from the musical Dreamgirls called um, One Night Only because I just loved the song. And I didn't realize until after I had performed that it wasn't one person singing. It was actually four people singing. It was one person singing the song by themselves. And then it turned into a mix with three people (laughs) singing a lead and then two backup people that were completely different from the first person. But anyway, and all my friends were like, why are you doing that song? I'm like, I love it. And then I didn't realize it was, that's why they were asking me because I was one person, not four. And um, it was 1988 and I had so much fun. I was so excited. I just knew I wanted to do it in my boyfriend at the time made me a dress and looking back now it's absolutely hideous and so was he so it all makes sense <laughs> and um I went and bought a wig with my my drag mentors I hated it the day of and so I ended up using my own hair which I had a lot of hair back then and so my friend styled it up for me so it was one of those things that we had this big plan and then almost nothing that we planned worked. but it was a great night <laughs> and I actually have a picture of that night which is one of my favorite pictures I can't believe we took the time to take a picture back then in the old days with the camera, have the film developed, and then one photo has survived all these years.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. You had to crank it all up and everything.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) With a big flash thing under the black blanket. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you?
0: (laughs) So I already know the story, but can you share how you landed on your stage name, Poison Waters?
1: Oh, sure. Um, the reason I was inspired to do drag was seeing um, four beautiful black drag queens perform one time in a special show. And they were all doing music from the musical Dream Girls. That was one of the other reasons I chose that song, because it reminded me of what they had done. Anyway, um, one of the performers was a drag queen named Rosie Waters. And one of the other performers was a trans, beautiful trans woman named Misty Waters. And they were drag mother and daughter, terms I didn't know at that time. And so they're the ones that helped me and carted me around, and you know, to buy shoes and a dress and all this and that, and all the things I needed to um, build it up. And so they said, "Well, your last name is going to be Waters. You're one of us now. So what is your first name going to be?" And I was like, "I don't know." I said, "Okay." Well, at the time I was working at the old Lloyd Center before it had a cover, and I used to go on my lunch break and walk through the fancy department stores and smell the perfumes just because it made me feel you know, rich and fancy. And there was a new perfume by Christian Dior called Poison. I loved it. It was a beautiful purple bottle with gold writing. And I just thought, oh, Poison, that's a great name. So I went back and I told them my name's Poison Waters. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They said, that name is dumb. (laughs) They said, that name is dumb. And it doesn't make sense. But I said, but I like it. I love the bottle. So I kept it. And then even after I started working for Darcell, he was like, okay, well, what what are we going to call you on stage? Because you're not going to be Poison Waters. We don't like that name. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, why is everybody hating on the name Poison Waters? And so for years, people tried to get me to change it, and I just never did. And it stuck. And so here I am, 35 years later. I love the stubbornness. Oh, my gosh. Of youth. The stubbornness of youth. Of the, Oh, my God. I was like, oh my God, all my fans, my 12 fans I've met in the last two years, they are going to know that I'm Poison Waters. They need to know my name. It's like so dumb. Like, looking back now, I can't believe I didn't just say, okay, call me whatever you want to call me, Mary Alice. I don't care. I just wanted the job.
0: You just mentioned Darcel. And uh, part of the reason we're speaking is, you know, the dragathon that is coming together. And this is going to happen at Darcel 15th showplace. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your relationship with that place with darcel I know you had a very, very special connection. Um last we spoke, you both had such wonderful just <laughs> like it was like there was a bit of like a mom oh, yeah. talking oh, about your yeah, yeah. oh. kid. You know, just like this one over here.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely had um, a maternal relationship, the two of us. I was the the rowdy little kid. And he used to say along for a lot of times, he's like, Poison's the black daughter, I never Knew I wanted or something crazy <laughs> like that, which is like it's completely <laughs> inappropriate in some settings. But anyway, but you know he is an old <laughs> white man, so we um, had a great relationship. He always treated me with kindness and respect. Yeah, he provided a space for me, and not just me. Everybody that's ever worked there, every audience member that's come to the door, anybody that's ever you know met him, but just a safe space. And I know we say that phrase a lot, but this was, sincerely was a safe and welcoming space where you were just allowed to be yourself and you know feel like you had a family be a part of the family a lot of drag queens you know especially the new ones when they're coming out they probably don't have a family or they moved away from their family or you know whatever else and so to have Darcell and Roxy is kind of like these parents these parental figures and then the show girls is like your sisters it really has always felt that way for me and when I first came there in 1990 And I was just this little young thing. um, I needed that. And I really appreciated that. And I recognized it for what it was immediately and always remembered that. So even during like tough times, you know, drag queens fight and, you know, you argue with your boss or whatever, but you always remember that sense of family and that sense of security. We always knew that no matter what, what issues we were having, that we would ride them out because the club and what we've built together um, was more important, was larger than that.
0: Right. How did you meet Darcel? You know, like how did you meet her? Because I know you were with the Waters. You were you were running with the Waters. Like how did you get sucked into that world?
1: <laughs> well, first of Absorbed. all, they realized early on that they needed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I so I, I started doing drag in 1988, and then I went a pageant at the underage nightclub in 1989. Well, at the crowning ceremony of the pageant. They had like celebrity, quote unquote, you know, special guests to come preside over the crowning. And one of them were Darcelle. And I didn't know who that was. And I didn't know what that meant. And they introduced them. And here came this big white hair and this, you know, all this bejeweledness of Darcelle. And I was only 20. So to me, I was like, who's this old lady drag queen? And now realizing I'm now the age close to what he was then, <laughs> and I was thinking it was this old Drake. And I don't remember what he said, a bunch of things, but I remember the last thing he said, he was holding my hand and the other person who won with me said, and most of all have fun, you know, don't everything. It doesn't take it so seriously. And, you know, yes, you want a title and you have to represent the community, but have fun. And I remember he said that. Well, then that summer, a couple of months later, it was going to be the pride pageant and the Pride parade and all this stuff and they wanted me to be in the pride parade because i had won the pageant i thought oh boy here i'm working my retail management job i don't know if my employer's ready to see you know their store manager dressed up in drag on the news because that's what you know was always happening back then in the late 80s and i thought well what should i do and my friend said well go ask darcel he'll tell you so it literally was like the wizard of oz right go ask the wizard <laughs> what, what 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 should you do and so i went down there to old town where I had never been before. And it was sketchy. And I was like, where am I going? Still is. Still is. Still is. We love it. We love it. It's grown. It's grown <laughs> on us. And so, yeah. you know, went into the club. I had never been there and opened the door. And it was like, not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I thought I would see like Darcelle on this throne with all these people fawning over her whatever. And there was like, like somebody goes, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here to talk to Darcel, And they go, he's right there. And he pointed at this tall ladder and there's this man changing the light bulb. I'm like, you're Darcel. It was like so disappointing. And it was so like, <laughs> now, of course, all these years later, it makes perfect sense because he loved doing everything himself. You know, why pay good money when you can do it yourself? He did all the wiring and the plumbing and the decorating and everything, the stage, you built the stage and the curtains and all that stuff. But I didn't know that back then. I just thought he was this glamorous figure. And there he was in shorts and a t-shirt changing the light bulb. And it was very... Disappointing. And so he came down from the ladder and we chatted. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I remember you. And I told him my thing, like it was this big, huge, oh my God, what am I going to do? And he goes, Well, what do you want to do? I go, What do you mean? He goes, Do you want to be in the parade? And I go, Yeah. He goes, Well, then be in the parade. What's the problem? <laughs> and, and I so I, I he's like, This, I don't understand. And so then I, I kind of said, Well, you know, what about my job? He's like, if they don't want you because you're in a parade, then you don't want them. So if you get if you lose your job, well, then you're supposed to do that. That's what's supposed to happen, and you're going to get a new job. And you're going to be fine. Of course, I did the parade. My whole company loved it. They all knew I was a drag queen. They just didn't know. I just didn't know that they knew. And it was all for nothing. But so Darcell, that's when we first met like one-on-one and the rest is history. And now I'm 33 years later at the same club.
0: <laughs> I thought you were like, and now here I am, 33 years old, still.
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 33 years old. No, my shoes are 33 years old, but I'm a little older than that.
0: All right, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why the Portland drag scene is so unique. Drag is taking you so many places. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but like, (laughs) you know, when you they're the pageants, they're like international, like you go off. And what do you think makes drag in Portland so special or so unique? Uh, compared to other places
1: well i think um drag is everywhere in portland and that's what's so unique people come from all over and they're like oh my gosh you're doing drag like in the middle of a hotel you're doing drag at the portland art museum you do drag at a Mm -hmm. you know a paid membership club the moldom athletic club or the university club they're like at home all we can do drag is in the little dive bar you know after 10 o'clock at night and we have drag you know morning noon and night in portland portland is drag always, brunches. everywhere everywhere and it's like there's you know i myself and Darcel we've had relationships with every mayor since we've been in drag with every mayor every mayor every governor you know we we communicate with those people in power all the time we have um all, all the all the sporting groups know who we are and work with us all of the arts groups know who we are and work with us it's not just a gay thing in a dark bar like portland drag is really just kind of for the community and I think again that's hugely to Darcell who at a time when there wasn't drag at every place Darcell just s- s- kept going in that little club in Old Town regardless of what was going on you know a lot has happened in this city in the last 50 plus years and the fact that that the club never wavered never stopped never um changed a thing based on what was going on you know politically or socially in the scene it just it just proves that, you know the, the stamina of drag and I think all drag queens in Portland know that they come from that good stock. You know, that, that you, yeah. th- you come from a place where drag, we don't, really, we don't say no, we just keep going. You know, we're going to work with the city of Portland and do a pride ride and parade through downtown on bicycles because why not? You know, we're not, we don't have anything to hide. We're not doing anything wrong. Why shouldn't we participate in all of these events? And I think people, again, talking about um, drag in other places. They're like, oh, my gosh, we would never do that. We couldn't do that. We couldn't get away with that in our city. There would be no invitation for something like that. We're here in Portland. One, we're invited to everything. And two, if we're not invited, we'll just show up anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But there's still so much goodwill. And I I guess I wanted to ask you that question because that's something I've also noticed is that. Uh, drag in, in Portland is just ever present. Oh, all the time. you know, it's just it is it's just part of our culture. I mean, Darcell has had the key of the city, you know, like uh Darcel <laughs> is a national uh, historic land, you know, mark now. Um, so I think that's why it's extra special that this this effort, the dragathon, you know, what is it forty eight hours?
1: it's forty eight hours of nonstop drag and it's Monday, July 10th through Wednesday, July. 12th and we're going to start at 4 p.m. And we're going to end at 4 p.m. We're actually going to break the world record about, you know, three in the morning on Wednesday morning. But we're going to keep trucking through because we want to really add a bunch onto the world record to make sure somebody doesn't take it from us anytime soon. And <laughs> we're really, the, it's, it's all coming together. I can't believe it. Music is being submitted and the queens are confirmed and we have drag queens coming in from all around the country. And Wild Fang has done such a wonderful job to bring this all together and uh, national acts um, comedians and actors that are coming in to be our MCs. Can you believe that? No, I, I can believe it because Emma uh, McElroy of uh, Wild Fang is amazing and does whatever she says she's going to do. She does it with gusto. So yeah, it's really exciting. I'm, I, I can hardly wait.
0: I mean, it's all going to take place at Darcel 15, a showplace, And I just feel like I know this is, for the world record i know it's to bring attention to the drag community right now as it's under fire but i just can't imagine that like darcel isn't somewhere just being like yes oh yeah we had actually
1: <laughs> we had actually talked about it before darcel passed away this has been in the works for a very long time and so darcel held the guinness world record as the oldest working drag queen exactly. um before passing at 92. and so i think to know then that the club was being a part of another um world record i know he was really excited for it to it was the early stages of planning Um, before he passed away. And so now to see it all come together and, you know, of course, at the club, where else would it be? It's going to be great. And, you know, when you're talking about, oh gosh, 48 hours, you know, some of us plan to be there as much as we can, uh, multiple hours and multiple shifts and our staff, our hardworking staff, you know, the servers, Mm -hmm. the bartenders and the DJs and the the door security, all that stuff. They're going to be there for hours and hours and hours and hours. But it's all so exciting that none of us is even thinking about, oh, we're going to be tired. You know, we're just, I think the, the, excitement and the momentum. And it's all just going to be so fun. It's also um, a fundraiser to raise $250,000 for the Trevor Project, which does wonderful things in the LGBTQ youth community with suicide prevention and uh, mental health. So um, it, there's it, it, we're all motivated in so many different ways to just make this a huge success.
0: You know, I'm actually going to be one of the MCs uh, for one of the nights.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah.
0: I'll be there with you, Luke Fairbanks and myself will take a two-hour slot. Oh, good.
1: Well, I look forward to seeing you because I plan to be there whether I'm performing or whatever. I want to be there just in case, too.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take that one more time. Sorry, Kevin. I'm really bad at, at remembering names. So uh, I'm going to be there with Luke Burbank. We're going to take a two-hour slot.
1: Oh, that'll be great. Okay. I look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> Poor Luke Fairbanks, Burbanks, Eubanks, <laughs> Rob Banks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well... You know, Poison, thank you so much for hanging out with us and for giving us your time. I know you're super, super busy, especially (laughs) Pride and everything, getting ready. So we appreciate all the work that you do. And we're all very, very excited for
1: Dragathon. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I look forward to seeing you soon.
0: If you were hoping to get a ticket for the Dragathon show, unfortunately, it's now sold out but there will be a first-come, first-served standby line just in case a ticket holder doesn't show up 10 minutes after showtime. We'll have a link to more info in the show notes. And now for your microdose of news. Have you let the city know what you think of the three proposed district voting maps? Town hall meetings began yesterday for public input. There's actually one tonight at 6 p.m. at Tabor Space on Southeast Belmont. And there will be seven more running through July 16th. But if you want to avoid the crowds, you can also quickly fill out a survey online or call 311 and tell them what you think. Just do it before July 22nd when all public input will be closed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Portland is getting split up into four new districts. And moving forward, that's how we'll be voting for our city leaders. It's a pretty big deal. You should probably check that out if this is all new to you. We're going to throw a link to all the info on the maps and where to fill out the survey and all that in our show notes. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. You can also find a link to that in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend or leave us a great review really help us out. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims.